Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, okay. All right. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you to all my listeners out there who are, are so dedicated to the show. And listen when you can find the time. And that's what's so great about the show. You can listen to the show anytime you find the time. You, don't always, you do not always have to listen live. I have plenty of podcasts up there that you can listen to. And all the shows are just, I think they're great. Great guests, wonderful people talking about just about everything you want to, uh, uh, anybody, everything anybody could want to talk about. It's always interesting on the George Wilder Jr. Show, and thanks for tuning in. And it is another beautiful day in the city of Chicago. I hope it's beautiful where you are. I'm in my man cave. I call it my studio. I have a great big window in front of me, and I can see out on the avenue. People are passing by, waving, and some are not waving, but, (laughs) you know, they may not notice. Anyway, it's great. It's a great time, and it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to reckon, no matter... uh, you know, some of the things that are going on. We're going to address some of those later on. But, uh, you know, um, stay positive, stay up, you know, exercise, take your medicine, you know, think positive, you know, and make some changes. You know what I'm saying? All right. Welcome to the George Wilder Junior Show. You can always follow me on Facebook, follow me on Block Talk Radio, follow me right here on Block Talk Radio. I'm on four days a week, uh, Mondays, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, and uh, I, I was laughing because I almost forgot, you know, things happen. Sometimes you have those little senior moments, I guess. And um, uh, four days a week, uh, six o'clock to 730, sometimes eight, depends on what's going on, you know. You know, so uh, uh, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And uh, hey, wow, we're here. We are here. And it's great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I can't say that enough. I can't really say that enough. But uh, winter's coming, so, you know, bear down, right? <laughs> so we're still having some great weather in the city of Chicago. And wherever you are in the world, I hope you're feeling good and great and staying healthy and all that kind of good stuff, man. That's, that's the way to do it. Stay positive no matter how negative some things can be. Stay positive. Be positive. Think positive. Keep, uh, try to keep positive, positive and supportive people near you, around you. Get rid of the negative voices. They're only going to just distract you and keep you down, okay? I always try to keep positive and negative, positive, not negative, but positive people uh, around you, you know, because positive people, they're going to give you that positive energy to go on. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Let's do this right now. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Oh, hello. I'm early. I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, that I'm you've in been holding on a while. Yeah, I, want, I thought you might answer before the show started, and I just wanted to let you know I'm a show and that I'm ready to go at uh, 4.30 if you like or whenever. Are you still there? To you. Oh, uh, your voice cut out. Can you say that again? I uh, said you can go right now if you want. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you that's why that I brought James you in. Goy- oh, good. Cool. Well, you know I'm James Goy Jr. You know I'm the yeah. author of How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. And I've also published oh, wow. uh, eight new books uh, recently, uh, just this month, this last couple of weeks, on the 9th. And I republished uh, How to Attract 
Money Using Mind Power, which I first published um, 10 years ago, as a matter of fact. So I, pub I republished it almost 10 years uh, within a couple of weeks of the anniversary. Wow, you said you just published eight new books? Uh, eight new books. Two of them are song lyrics. And then I have... Wow, yeah, and I have seven new books that are along the lines of how to attract money using mind power. You can kind of tell from some of the titles: "Attract Money Forever," Ten Metaphysical Secrets of Attracting Money, of uh, Manifesting Money," and then I have some uh, quantum physics, metaphysical type books: "Advanced Manifesting Made Easy," "Aware Power Functioning," and "The God Function." And then I also have a book that's uh, like freestanding quotes and things that I've been writing for years, and that's uh, volume one in my JGJ Thoughts series. And then, of course, I'm a songwriter, so I have uh, two volumes of my song lyrics, my song lyrics volume one and two, and I have 50 lyrics in each uh, in each book. So I it's been a busy you know. few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm really busy. You are a busy guy when it comes to writing, and I'm pretty sure you're probably an inspiration to other people who want to write because you do a lot of it. You're a very serious author, and that's great. That's beautiful because I try to get people to be serious about their writing, but you know there's a lot of people out right. here who aren't, not, who, who aren't serious about writing. They want to write, but they're not serious about it. I mean, if they're right. listening out there to you right now, I mean, you are a role model, eight new books. Wow. It seems like all you do is write. Well, actually, now, and I will say that my books are on the short side, and I, I like to uh -huh. keep them short because I think, you know, most people, it's a known fact, they don't finish the books they write. And I think one reason is yeah. that books are yeah. kind of long. And especially when it yeah. comes to, you know, fiction is different. But when it comes to nonfiction, I feel a lot of times the information can be relayed in less time yeah. so that it does, it's not such yeah. a burden to try to read it. And um, so that's what I do. You know, I, I, I take this metaphysical, mind power, spiritual, law of attraction type information and I yeah. boil it down. And, of course, I'm, I'm known as the uh, attract money guru. So that's my thing. I mean, I, I really do think that I, uh, the first step is to help people to have enough money. Uh, through mind power, uh, and the reason is because once they have the money, and I know you'll agree that everything else will be a lot easier. A any area yeah. of their life, so, whether it's health, you know, or or any area you can name, there's a direct relationship to how much pe money people have or don't have. So you're in the market, kind of, to help people attract money or attract more money. Exactly. Exactly. See, everyone is attracting money into their lives. Like yeah. people that don't know about metaphysics, they don't think they think they earn money. They think they make money. They think they inherit money. But what they're really doing is attracting money because everything is mind power. When we think, when we feel and when we have images in our minds, that's the creative uh, mechanism that causes things to happen. And, you know, it things come into play like belief and faith and you know the metaphysical and spiritual teachings are full of that as a man thinketh so is he uh you know if you have the faith of a mustard seed you tell the mountain to go from here to over there and i mean these types of truths have been around for hundreds and even thousands of years but most people overlook them they think they're trite you know uh quaint you know sayings from the past but they're actually um relaying very sound metaphysical and spiritual truth which is that man 
uh, humankind, we are the creators of our own environment, collectively and individually, and it's based on our, basically, if you want to boil it way down, thoughts, feelings, and images. And so I teach people how to modify the way they they think and the way they speak and the way they act so that they can start to be conscious attractors of money. And when you understand the process and you do it for a specific purpose with definite ends and means in mind, you know, amounts of money or whatever that's going to be for the individual, that's when you can really start to exercise your power as a, as really what it is as a spiritual being. And that's when you can really start to attract a lot more money into your life and a lot easier uh, in many ways and larger amounts than people who just think they have to struggle against society and, and the, the uh, economic conditions uh, of the time and whatever uh, industry, you know, business cycles and all of this. It really, when you step up to the mind power game, then you're playing a whole different game than that competitive game. You're more on what uh, Wallace Waddles in The Science of Getting Rich called the, the creative plane. And so that's really what I like to relay to people and to teach them how to do. And it, it's surprisingly easy. Once you know the techniques and you apply them, this stuff absolutely works. Wow. So basically, if you if you know the techniques and you know how to apply them, as you say, then basically, and if you want to get into to this kind of thing, nobody has to be broke. <laughs> nobody has a reason to be broke. Right. Nobody has a reason <laughs> to be broke. It's really true. And we really, we we think ourselves into lack. And uh, just to, to give you a little idea, I can go, uh, just to give you, uh, uh, you and the audience an overview, I'll go down the yeah. 20 chapters real quick, and then we can kind of see and if okay. we want to pick any out. But uh, okay. from starting from chapter one, you got desire. Two is belief, three is expectancy, four is money mindset, five is money goals, six is think and results, seven is think and feel as if, eight is speak as if, nine is act as if, ten is affirmations, eleven is visualization, twelve is environment, thirteen is organization, fourteen is laws of money, fifteen is intuition, sixteen plans, seventeen is right livelihood, eighteen is self-image, nineteen is personal energy, and uh, 20 is a, f a phrase I coined, and I call it radiate financial increase. And it's uh, basically a metaphysical technique in itself. So uh, what I teach is very well-rounded, but it's really grounded in, in um, you know, modern success principles as well as ancient mind power and metaphysical um, principles. And when people really understand that, in other words, like with Chapter 8, it's called Speak As If. If people understood the power of their own words, they would be much more careful um, in the way they speak. Now, the, the, the late uh, Louise Hay recently passed on, the founder of Hay House, um, and she, um, I quote her uh, opening quote in my book here, and she says, there is tremendous mm -hmm. power in our words, and many of us are not aware of just how important they are. That's from uh, mm -hmm. Louise Hay, The Power Is Within You, 1991. And I also mm -hmm. end each chapter just to give the audience and you a little bit of a, like, you know, I like people to know this isn't just my theories. This isn't just stuff I made up. I mean, 
I really researched this book. I quote 160 other books in it. And uh, I really like this one from Julia Seaton, The Science of Success, 1914. And she wrote, if we listen to the words of the failure multitude, we will soon learn that by their words they are justified and condemned. Um, and here's another one, Georgiana Tree West, uh, Prosperity's Ten uh, Commandments, 1944, the laws of mind go into operation mm-hmm. through our words. So if somebody listening to us right now, if all they walked away from was that when they're speaking, they're creating their lives. If that's the only lesson they got, and I mean, uh, you know, I got hundreds more, uh, you know, and the book is just packed with yeah. insights. Yeah. But if mm-hmm. people would just do that one thing, start speaking more in line with what they want to create and less in line with what they don't want, they would see their lives magically transform. Because when we speak, we're not only exposing what we think, but we're reinforcing it. Our words come out our mouth, they go back in our ears. And the whole yeah. understanding, yeah. really, it comes down to the subconscious mind. And what you lead your subconscious mind to believe, to believe is what it will then go out into mm-hmm. your environment and create for you. Yeah. So generally, how is the book doing? Well, the book has just been uh, republished. So it okay. uh, just came out on the 9th. And I haven't done any big on the uh, of, okay. promotion. Okay. Yeah, the the um, print book. And now I'm in, in the process of getting yeah. the, uh, the uh, e-book out very soon. And so, uh-huh. but the book did well over the years, and uh, you know, uh-huh. it was out there for. I, I took it out of print a couple of years ago, um, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's in f- uh, four foreign languages, and um, okay. it was a bestseller uh, on Amazon. It actually found its own legs because back then I didn't know anything about marketing and all of that. I mean, yeah. I'm still a novice, but you know, I know a lot more yeah. now, obviously. Yeah. But it, yeah. uh, I always tell people, you know, the first thing is. Write a good book. You know, I have uh, yeah, 81 yeah, reviews exactly. on Amazon, and when you read those, you know, the, especially the, the people that are really excited about it, I mean, they they really appreciate the book. They appreciate the fact that it's mm-hmm. short and that it relays the information. So I tell authors, yeah. you know, whether you are a um, an author of uh, nonfiction, whether it's self-help, whether it's metaphysics like me, or whether you're writing romance novels, make it the best you can make it. Everyone is so in a rush to get to be a success and to be an author and all of this that they forget that ground zero is the book or books. Yeah. That's the ground totally zero. Agree. And you spend right, and you spend as much time as you have to to make that book as good as you can. And just as an example, I quote hundred and sixty um, uh, other books in here. I spent years reading books in my research for just you know for the quotes and just to be immersed in the information. And mm-hmm. I, I had hundreds of quotes that I had gathered. And then if you can imagine the process of whittling that all the way down to 160, it literally took me months just to finalize the quotes at the end once the book was already written. That's the kind of uh, faith and uh, dedication I advocate. If you, whatever you're going to do, you know, do it step by step, but you put your heart and soul into every single step and don't shortchange any part of the process because it doesn't matter, you know, way more important than how long it takes you to get the book out is what is the book? What is that final, you know, um, and so like I'm one of these writers that I'll struggle over the placement of a comma for a half an hour. You know, I mean, because yeah. if I notice something and if there's a possibility of making it better, I will wrestle with it until I, 
make it better. And that's so the same way I do, do that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that's the same thing I do. I, I before I publish a book or or uh, a, or draft it, start drafting it in the first stages. I make sure uh, that after I get through dra- uh, drafting it, it's going to be the best that it can be. And, and like you say, uh, if you if you produce a book, publish a book, and it's the best that it can be, it will find its own legs. You don't have to do right. much, you know. Right, and because, people uh, people will become salesmen for you because they will tell people. <laughs> yeah, they will exactly. say, this is a great book. I've gotten so many messages over the years. People buy uh, my book as gifts. For people, you know, their their uh, wow. their son is uh, graduating from high school, just getting ready to make his way in the world, and they they become aware of this book. They buy this book for them. Uh, one fellow told me he bought it for like his 90 year old grandmother for for her birthday. You know, I don't know what she's going to do with wow. it at that stage of her life, but who knows? Yeah, anything. She's going to read it. For, for any of us. <laughs> she's going to read yeah. it, and she's going to read it. And who gonna... knows? She might start a new business or something. Exactly. She might attract money. You know. <laughs> Exactly. Right. All right. All right. Tell us where we can find the book. It's, it sounds very exciting. I'm even exciting about, uh, excited about reading it because, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I read all the time. Right, right. And, yep. um, and, well, and most right now, people um, – mm-hmm. go right ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, as far as where they can find it, at the moment yeah. I'm keeping it exclusive um, with uh, Amazon. So you can find the print okay. book on Amazon, and then okay. very soon you'll be able to get the ebook there. And I'm doing it for a few strategic reasons, but one of them is uh, because it allows me to keep the price down on all of the books. And yeah. uh, so that's important to me. You I know people are, are – oh, say that again? Do you set your own prices? For your books on Amazon, right, right. You can set your own prices within. Yeah. You know, you have to allow for your cost. Within and, reason, yeah. Yeah. So there, there would be like a minimum, but um, it, if you're in wider distribution, then all the middlemen out there have to get a bigger cut just to simplify it, and so your book has to be a lot more expensive. And so yeah, I, yeah. I really want to in the beginning of my republishing and coming back into the. Um, the fold, you know, back into the the authorship and and actually being a public uh, person that's out there actually, you know, having a book and and promoting it. Uh, I want it to be as easy for people to uh, purchase as as possible. And um, yeah. Oh, and I'd like to mention too uh, that uh, I'm I've uh, there was a movie that just premiered on the um, 14th of October, and it's it's called Think and Grow Rich: The Legacy. And so I encourage people when that it premiered in Los Angeles, but when it comes online, if they're interested in this subject matter, that would really be a great. It's a docudrama, and it has some uh-huh. well-known people in it, like um, Barbara Deerdeck from the from the uh, Shark Tank, and Bob Proctor, who's an icon in this field, and um, um, uh, Barbara Corcoran. I meant is uh, from the Shark Tank. And but anyway, I got to give a, a short testimonial at the end of that movie about how the okay. the book Think and Grow Rich changed my life because I found that book. What is the name of it 20s. again? Uh, thinking uh, the movie. Yeah, what is the name of it again? Yeah. I want to write it down. The, okay, the movie is Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Colon, and then you put a colon, and then the legacy. Okay. 
And so what they've done is they've taken the Think and Grow Rich, which is one of the best-selling books of all time. It's still a bestseller today, you know, 60 years later or whatever it is. And um, That's they because have it's working. not right exactly. It resonates with people. Not yeah. only do mm-hmm. they have a whole slew of modern-day uh, titans and you know successful people who talk about how the book has has uh, helped them and about the principles in it, but it also has um, dramatizations of scenes from the book, like you know um, mm-hmm. um, the Barnes story where he wanted to work with. Uh, Thomas Edison and, and different stories from the book are actually reenacted in the film. And it's really kind wow. of a brown, uh, a groundbreaking uh, film. And uh, so people should definitely uh, check that out. And uh, so that's yeah. just one of the things I'm doing uh, to, you know, put myself back out there. I, I used to do a lot of radio and podcast interviews and, uh, but about two and a half years ago, I, I stopped. I just, took a voluntary break and then shortly after unpublished my book just to get ready for this new leg of my my uh, career but uh, up to that time <laughs> I had done over 170 interviews and so oh and I will tell wow. you too you ha- your show has the has the uh um the honor or whatever you want to call it of being my first return to radio after more than oh. two and a half years of a voluntary break. And you're you're my I just now started putting out my feelers and yours was one of the first ones that came in and this is the first show I'm on after all that time. Well thank you. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for opening the door so back up more into Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us one more time where we can get your book and tell us uh the title of the book. And, uh, you know, tell us, uh, you know, a little bit more about it. Uh, just, uh, you know, to Certainly. M- uh, because we're, we're running out of time. So, you know, tell us as much as about it, where we can find it and all that kind of thing. You said Amazon. Certainly. That's it, right? right? So you can go on Amazon.com and you can search uh, uh-huh. any of the titles individually. But the main book uh, that I'd like people to read first is uh, How to Attract Money Using Mind Power, especially if they're okay. in financial lack. And, of course, you can just look okay. me up on on uh, Amazon James Goy Jr and uh, I have an uh-huh. Amazon author page there and they can see all of my books there and uh so really you know the the book is about um both you know like practical uh-huh. like I have a um uh, chapter on environment I have a chapter on organization I have a chapter yeah. on yeah. planning, but then I also have the metaphysical techniques, affirmation, visualization, acting as if. So this this book will appeal to people who are both the practical types and the metaphysical mind power types, as long as they're open, as long as a person is open to the fact that there's more to life than what we see and that the mind actually interplays with our physical reality and has a definite effect and quantum physics has taught us this now the cutting edge of physics is teaching us that the observer and the observed are not separate and that observation in and of itself is a creative act so when we learn this and we start putting you know moderating our own thoughts feelings and actions with the understanding of how that process works that's how people can uh, begin to transform their lives. And I and also I'll, I'll mention I do have a free Mind Power and Money e-zine that people can subscribe mm-hmm. to. And when they do, they get my book, uh, Attract Money Forever, a free PDF download of that. So if they just go to James, dot com, they can uh, subscribe to my free um, monthly e-zine, Mind Power and Money, and they can also get the free um, download of 
um, Attract Money Forever, which is a really great book All right. to, uh, to start people out. All right. All right. James, thank you for being on the show. That was a lot of insight. I'm going to check out the book myself, and I'm going to say to everybody out there listening, check out this book. I mean, if you want to attract money to yourself, check this book out. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thank you, George. I appreciate it, and take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Attracting money. Now, that's something I think a lot of us want to do is attract money. So, you know, and this sounds like a a surefire thing, you know, uh, check out the books and uh, check out the websites and uh, read a little bit more, do some research, of course, and uh, find out what it's all about. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. And we're back now with the round table. And I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments than Tom Bossard had about that GIF. Let's let's look at it again.
All right. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, we are here on Facebook. We are every, all over everywhere. Can we do this one? And it's going... Okay. All right. Thanks for being on the George Wilder Jr. Show. As you probably have heard, Donald Trump has gotten himself into some more trouble. Um, yeah, he... <clears throat> He waited 12 days before he decided to say anything about those four fallen soldiers, as you probably have heard. And then he called one mother of the African-American um, soldier who died and a closed casket came back home. They came to get his body. They went to get his body. The reason why it was a closed casket, casket, because they say that his body body was too mangled. And then Donald Trump called the mother they were in a limousine, I understand. And he said something that was totally insensitive. And now he's trying to deny it. He said that, he said that allegedly, he said that, um, we, most of us believe it, but allegedly, he said that the soldier knew what he was signing up to do. And there are witnesses in the limousine who also heard Donald Trump say that, but Donald Trump is totally denying it. Donald Trump has had run-ins with military families before. So this is not his first rodeo with this. Donald Trump has had uh, run-ins with um, military families before. He has, yeah, with them before, and now he's vehemently denying it. White House is, you know, they're denying it. They're defending him. You know, I mean, you know, there are so many people who are saying now that you can't you can't really believe what the White House says anymore. It's just a White House full of white lies. You know, these people lie through their teeth. You can't believe it. Donald Trump has been lying for the the day he took office. Actually, before that, when he was doing during the campaign, 2016 campaign. And um, it's 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 a mess. It really is. So um, uh, that's what the that's what the news has been all about. But you know, like anything else, folks, it's a it's a distraction, distracting us away from uh, watching, keeping an eye on Congress, to keeping an eye to figuring out what Donald Trump meant when he said these things. And um, you know, uh, they're screwing us left and right. There's no doubt about that. But um, Donald Trump put his foot in his mouth again, and now he's lying. He's trying to get out of it. Uh, most people would probably uh, believe the wife of the fallen soldier than that of, of Donald Trump. Then there are some people who are on Donald Trump saying that he was misunderstood. How can you be misunderstood? They, they're always, every time Donald Trump slips, slips at the lip, his folks, his handlers, his lackeys say that he slipped at the lip. He, he he was misunderstood. When the words are coming straight out of your mouth, how can you misunderstand when they're coming straight out of your mouth and saying a certain thing directly and spot on? You know, I mean, this, these people in the White House, these folks, yeah, you can't believe anything they say. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, it's 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 bothering Donald Trump. 
and he is talking about John McCain, and it just gets worse. The president did not just wrap himself in the mantle of someone else's loss and grieving today. He also attacked an 81-year-old former POW who's battling brain cancer. Last night, John McCain, without mentioning the president by name, issued a sharp critique of the president's political movement. This morning, the president said this. People have to be careful because at some point I fight back. Yeah. You know, I'm being very nice. I'm I being very, very right. nice. But at some point I fight back and it won't be pretty. Now, Senator McCain says he's faced far greater challenges than that. Really? The president <laughs> fights back sometimes. That's really newsworthy. I mean, does he really believe that? That he? I mean, all he does is basically, it's not even fighting back, it's just attacking people. Uh, so... And I do, I do think that um, this is not something that's going to be intimidating to John McCain in any way. I don't think at any point in his life would it be intimidating, but I think in particular he's at a point where uh, I don't think he, he pro is going to have any problem standing up to the president. I mean, you know, McCain was pretty sharp in a critique of, you know, a lot of what Donald Trump stands for um, and, you know, political arguments. Does this go beyond, do you think, just a political argument, Mary Catherine, or...? Look, I think you're right that McCain doesn't care. And frankly, once someone calls you an unsatisfactory POW, yeah. uh, you can say whatever you want after that. But look, I do think there's a part of his speech where he, he talked about uh, it being um, unpatriotic to ascribe to this half-baked half -baked na nationalism, as he called it. I'm probably closer to McCain on interventionism than I am to Trump. But there is a whole part of this country, including Democrats that crossed over to, to vote for Trump, who are on board with that because of the failures of the interventionism of the past, which McCain is in support of. So I think there's a political dynamic there that he should be aware of. And of course, like, he's well, in Arizona and running again anyway, but like, this is, this is a, a dynamic that he's sort of ignoring. And I think using the word unpatriotic to describe that part of it sort of spreads it beyond an attack on Trump and into the people who ascribe to that view. Yeah, I mean, requisite comment, war hero, and sorry he's sick. But then McCain is why the Republican Party is, was fading until Trump. His brand of the interventionist, grow the, grow the amnesty for illegals, trade deals, everything. He lost the election because he wasn't a great candidate on the issues. He's a good man, all that stuff. I'm saying it. And so he just grandstands and pounds away on the president and the movement. And the president is sick of it. So are people like me. McCain goes out on the floor dramatically. This guy is a seasoned pro. When he ran for re-election in Arizona, he said over and over, I'll vote to repeal Obamacare. He ran to the right. You guys all covered it. He suddenly was a conservative. He wins re-election. He comes out and drops his thumb on the guy. He's grandstanding for effect. It may be personal. That's fair in politics. But don't expect when it's personal against the president, you get a pass on whether it's personal for you. And McCain knows that. Personal. It, it, well, it's about that, policy. That's, that's a, he's it's a liar policy. when it's you personal. say it's personal. No, Senator McCain voted against a bill. Senators do that every day. Okay. They do it for whatever reasons. I think Senator McCain really didn't like the policy. His state would have been hurt. By the way, he was reelected by almost 14 points on the same day Donald Trump he won his state. He ran as by a conservative. Oh, well, go look at what four. he ran on. I understand what he ran on. John McCain is not afraid of Donald Trump Nobody said he personally was. or politically. He's much stronger in Arizona than President Trump is. That's demonstrably true. They both ran on the same day. And McCain wow. won a landslide, Trump won narrowly. Mm -hmm. But what, what the president has done from the beginning is attack Senator McCain personally. It's fine to have this argument about interventionism or versus globalism versus whatever. But he said that Senator McCain wasn't a hero because he got captured. That kind of gets the relationship no, off on the wrong We're talking foot, about the speech last night and the he response also, to it. He also it, attacked so. a, a Gold Star family, the Kahn family of Virginia. Uh, he, he attacked uh, the Pope. 
He attacks but everyone. McCain just, represents the Pope now? No, no, I'm just saying there's a constellation of people who have been attacked pattern. by Donald Trump. And it's, it's a, there is a pattern of him attacking people that no decent person would the attack McCain in a way that no decent person would attack. The McCain Republican Party is dead. The party's dead. And that's what McCain is upset about. That's the facts. That's there right. well, I, I don't think that's true. If you look at the history of Trump attacking McCain, it has been after McCain has said something negative about him, usually in a policy sense. Last night's speech from John McCain was a policy speech. Trump is attacking him because Trump views everything through the lens of personal loyalty, whereas John McCain is loyal to the American ideal. That was the thrust what? of his speech mm -hmm. and why he's criticizing what he called the half-baked spurious nationalism that Trump and other people support. No, I mean, you, you do, you do nonfiction. You're just writing some sort of story about what this. John McCain is a street-fighting politician. He would, he would fight as hard as anybody ever has to try to win. His sure. policies have been rejected soundly by the Republican Party. He stands up on the floor of the Senate and lectures half of America that said, we don't want what you want, McCain. And suddenly, we're all supposed to sit back and say, isn't this well, great? Just because a president with different policies wins doesn't mean that everybody in his party has to fight fall down and nobody bow before him, even though Trump would like, well, no, Trump does, obviously, nobody this says is why didn't. he's so offended that McCain is criticizing his policy. No, no, he throws a tantrum he's saying he'll and makes threats and criticizes his He'll counterpunch on the policies. But he doesn't. See, but he's you not just said he would counterpunch on the policies, and he doesn't. He counterpunches with ad hominem juvenile attacks. And it started with McCain in the comments that he made in 2015 about him not being a hero. Trump started that. McCain has continued. You can argue, we can argue all day about where McCain is on the Republican spectrum and he's done some things that Republicans don't like and that's fine from a policy perspective. But John McCain is a hero, right? And John McCain served his country in a way that Donald Trump could never. The level of self-sacrifice that John McCain gave to this country is something that makes Donald Trump, D Donald Trump look very small when he attacks John McCain personally because he'll never measure up. And I think it's, that he realizes that, so he tries to fight, fight back against a man who is an American hero who is self-sacrificed in ways that Donald Trump could never. I can just repeat it again. McCain stands up on the floor of the Senate, badmouths half of the country and the party in a, in like, a terrible way. And all Trump is saying is, people can attack me over and over. Same thing with Flake. Flake can write a book, and everybody can say, wow, what an interesting book. He says terrible things about the president. You know what? He the president has a right, about he did. The president has a right to fight back. That's all he's saying. And I'm glad. And in America, we're glad we have a president who doesn't sit there and take it from these people that doesn't, lecture us. We're what about, sick of it. What about common decency, though? That's that's of, I agree. You know, John McCain wasn't decent when he went like that. You're that, right. I don't that's your definition of not being decent. But well, Donald Trump, your, you but Donald Trump are calling him not a hero. That's, that's okay we're for you? We're going back but to that. Look, we all agree he's a hero. It's a point, but that's what you don't take responsibility for Donald Trump's own behavior. And was it appropriate for the president to say that he's not a war hero? I'd prefer that he didn't say that, but I also think that he was in a campaign and he was making a point and uh, I think the president proved something about McCain as a politician by beating the people that subscribe to his position Rubio and others and well, his what, politics was the, what was the point he was making about him not being a war hero because well was I think he captured. just was trying to make a signal that he was separating from McCain it's politics Anderson you know separating from McCain's brand and all that so I, politics <laughs> it's politics by we're not separating on any policy it's right. politics by Personal attacking him for no, being a prisoner of war for six years and torture politics by competing on where was it Chris Chris who was doing, what was that interview I forget when he did that. it was, it was in that, front of like a faith yeah. forum I mean, look, yeah. we all so, sit right. here and disagree very vehemently and do not make those kinds of statements against each other no how no matter how much you and I disagree we we, and we disagree on a lot of things mm -hmm. 
we don't say those kinds of things to each other. So why is it okay for the President of the United States? Why, why can't he have a disagreement with somebody without having to hit below the belt? But his, his, his statement today is, I'm going to counterpunch. McCain gives a speech. He didn't counterpunch yet. McCain gives a speech, and he says, be careful when I counterpunch. And we're all now saying what he's going to counterpunch. what? Because he's going to call well, a name? He's going to give him a little nickname right. like everybody well, else? You think John McCain cares about that? No. It's ridiculous. Okay. The, 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 senator's, the senator's critique of the president's foreign policy was just that. It was a policy right. critique. He may be right. He may be no. wrong. Did you but the president, just say it. The president's not was, was about ideas. That's Mr. Trump's problem here, is that he was for single-payer health care before, now he's for destroying Obamacare. Oh he was for the war in Iraq, now he's against it. He, <sighs> politics is not about policy or ideas for him. It is for you, and I think you project that onto him. But <laughs> it's not how he is. It's all about his own narcissism. And so this is why the, when, when the president's policies are attacked by Senator McCain, He's yeah, he responds with personal fair, attacks. He did use the word unpatriotic yeah, to on. describe the policy that he was, and that's that's a pretty <laughs> heavy word. Like that, that's you, not just a policy word, right? And I hate the way that Donald Trump counterpunches. I've been on record about this for a long time, right. but I don't think we should ignore that that was a pretty harsh criticism and branched out into the actual voters. Uh, pretty harsh, but not. Could have called them deplorables. If he slipped in, McCain could have said, hey, they're just a basket of deplorables, would have fit the mood. That's what he was doing. And I do, think, so. and I do think that even though I, I wish that a lot more people uh, in the Republican Party hated the way that Donald Trump counterpunches, the fact is that many of them are madder, and I actually kind of see this point, they're madder at McCain about, about telling them that he was going to get rid of Obamacare and then being like, nah. Hmm. Like that, they so have real beef with him for Trump, a real reason. Trump may have a problem in going after <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show is back. <laughs> uh, yeah, the George Wilder Jr. Show is back. And I want to say uh, thanks for tuning in to the show. Thanks for loving it. Thanks for uh, everything. What can I say? I'm, I'm just thankful. And uh, Christmas is coming up. I'm thinking about Christmas for some reason. And it's, you know, a month, two months away or two months and a half away or something. I'm just thinking about Christmas for some reason. I guess thinking about Christmas means thinking about cold weather and snow. I mean, hey, wow, it, it goes together, right? It goes together. For some reason, I'm thinking about Christmas, and I don't really know why. But anyway, <laughs> vote. Vote, vote, vote. I, I uh, was telling some uh, one of, a friend of mine that the Republicans and Donald Trump, they are about messing around with the voting act i said this several times they know that they're gonna they know that they are about to lose their jobs some of these senators um 
representatives, governorships, they're going to lose their jobs next year, you know? So, and they know this, they know people are going to vote in droves. So they're going to mess around with the vote. They're going to try to suppress it. They're going to try to do everything they can to stay in power. I don't think it's going to work. I really don't think it's going to work. If they try messing with the voting system, they're going to have, as always, Trump is going to have lawsuits up his ass. Try messing, trying to suppress the vote because there's so many people out here that I have heard, that I have witnessed, that I know about saying that they're going to get everybody in their family to vote. Their kids, their cousins, their sisters, brothers, friends. There's, people are adamant about getting rid of these folks uh, in Congress. Because one of the things is if you get rid of, if you turn the, uh, the Congress over to Democrats, Trump will be impeached. He will be impeached for every violation known to man, especially known to the Constitution of the United States. He will be impeached. So these guys are going to try. Right now, as I speak, Trump and his lackeys are finding ways to suppress the vote in, in the disguise that there's fraud out there. The only fraud is in the White House. Eric Kushner voted as a woman in New York. As a woman. There's, if he's looking for voter fraud, it's right there in the White House with him. But, you know, Trump is going to be Donald Trump. You know, he's going to be what he is. He's going to be what he is. He's an embarrassment to the United States. He's an embarrassment to America. He's an embarrassment uh that's in the White House, but he doesn't think that way. I mean, he's got all these people lying for him, all of these people trying to defend uh, everything he's, that comes out of his mouth, even though he means it. They'll go back and say, well, he, he was misunderstood. He was taken out of context. How can you take somebody out of context who directly says something offensive and then go... Uh, and then go and say, hey, I didn't say that. When a, when a million people heard you say it. It's on tape that you said it. And then you got people uh, who are uh, defending Donald Trump. They'll say things like, well, I, well, they'll say things like, you have to ask Donald Trump. You have to ask them that. Or they'll say things like, well, um, I wish he hadn't said that, but, but, but this is how it goes. You know, they, they will try to uh, try to defend him, but not defend him at the same time. I mean, how do you do that? They find a way to do that. They'll try to outshout on the panel who um, who is against it. Have you, ever, have you ever watched some of these shows on cable TV, some of these talk shows, and you got two or three, four or five people on a panel, and they're talking, they're supposed to be talking one at a time. They're talking over each other because they don't want you, the American people, to hear the truth. That's what it's all about. They don't want you. So they're talking over each other, especially when some Republican is trying to talk over a Democrat because that Republican don't want you to hear the truth that that Democrat is, is going to say. They, they, that's one of their MOs when they go on these talk shows to talk loud, talk over people, try to get people, keep people from getting their point of through point across because they feel that the American people out there who are watching might actually believe 
something that a Democrat says or what a Republican is trying to say. It's a mess out there, folks. It's a mess out there. And uh, yeah, I, we are all about making the world a better place, the George Wilder Jr. show. So you want to make the world a better place. You want to make America a better place. Get out there and vote. I mean, everybody in my family going to vote. I mean, everybody in my house is going to vote, you know, and uh, make sure everybody in your house votes. I know some people out there and they're not going to vote because of their religion. I, I don't understand it. That ain't, I don't understand that. That is not going to make it with me. Or, you know, people have, uh, or people are just not going to vote at all. You know, in the past, people are saying, I'm not voting, I'm not voting. You know, this is what, this is why we got this guy in office. People not voting. And I've said this for years on this show. If, if you don't vote, your vote is still being used. Yeah, but it's being used against you. Because it's going to it's going to vote in a Republican. You don't vote. That's a vote for a Republican. Re Republicans do not want you to vote. This is why they try every year, every year around voting time, to suppress the vote, keep you from voting, messing with the voting laws. They the Republicans don't want you to vote. They do not. Want, you've got some Republicans who run as Democrats. Because they know they can't, they will not be elected if they run as a uh, Republican. So they'll disguise themselves as a Democrat, you know, go and hook, wink all the people <laughs> just to get in office. And it's out there. So this is why, another thing, this is why I tell people, uh, when you're voting for somebody, just don't pull a lever or write someone's name in because they have a nice sounding name or because they're handsome or they're cute, that's not going to get you anywhere. You have to vet a person before you decide to vote for them. Find out everything you can about them. Listen to them. Ask them questions. It doesn't matter which party. These people uh, are diabolic diabolical. They are, are hateful. They're vile. They're vindictive. you got to realize what you who you're voting for and who you're putting in that office look at all the people who are now saying they wish they had not voted for Donald Trump oh you got some you still got some crazies out there that that's supporting him but it's not that many even some of the people who have voted for Donald Trump have turned on turned on him because he's hurting those voters who voted for him more than he's hurting the ones who did not they're more surprised at what he's doing because when he cuts Medicare and Social Security and all this stuff, Medicaid, some people that voted for him are on these programs. Obamacare, a lot of these folks who voted for Donald Trump, they're getting or was getting Obamacare until Trump went and destroyed it. Trump doesn't care about anybody, anybody. He's doing what he's doing to please the Republicans in Congress so they will not impeach his ass. He's he's doing what they want him to do, what Mitch McConnell doing what Jack uh Paul Ryan wants him to do. They like what he's doing, even though he's a sick man. They like what he's doing. That's why they that's why they're going to keep him 
where he is because he's giving them what they want. And as long as we're focusing on some some stupidity, something Donald Trump has said or done, uh, uh, we're focusing. Every, the American people is focusing on Donald Trump. The Republicans in Congress are sneaking through legislation under our noses that we'll not like. You got to watch both hands. You watch one, you're gonna lose. This is this. I believe this is how they planned it. This is what they want. And anybody who, who doesn't fall in line with the Republicans in the Republican Party, they're, they're going to vilify them. They're going to vilify you if you don't go along with hurting the American people. They're going to vilify any Republican who does not hold the line, like John McCain. John McCain. John McCain is 81 years old and the man is dying. And Trump is threatening him. That's crazy. An 81-year-old, and Trump is threatening him because he said something about Trump that Trump doesn't like, so now Trump's going to threaten him. That's who Donald Trump is. You say something about Donald Trump, he doesn't give a damn who you are, Republican, Democrat, Independent. You say something about him, he's going to come back and hit you below the belt. Donald Trump is the worst president in the U.S. history, in the world, <laughs> put it that way, in the world. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's 6.57 straight up Chicago time. And uh, we'll be right back. Services paid for through the Ukrainian president's political party. I think it's all not right, Jennifer, all money uh, for him. Money it's more like for his activity as well, for his Doesn't campaigning activity, for some technical and issues. And you go tomorrow? Uh, uh, activity as a spin doctor. $12.7 million is an incredibly high <laughs> amount of money. But for Ukraine, corrupt politicians, it was not so impressive. But why would such payments matter to the U.S. investigation of the Russian hacking scandal? Because the former Ukrainian president... Where's the 
All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It is 7 o'clock straight up uh, p.m. time in the city of Chicago. It is a beautiful night. It's a great night, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And I want to thank my guests for uh, teaching us, us how to attract money. Wow. All righty. Let's... Um, Let's see what Anna Navarro has to say. That has gone viral, and he had an ultimatum for his fans that support the president. Any fan of mine who's a supporter of his, I'm drawing in the sand a line. You're either for or against. And if you can't decide who you like more in your split on who you should stand beside, I'll do it for you with this. You. The rest of America stand up. All right, here to discuss CNN political commentator Anna Navarro and Ben Ferguson. Nice to have both of you in studio. Good morning. So, Anna, let me start with you. What do you think about what Eminem did? You know, he obviously is a huge rapper. He has sold millions and millions of records. He has a big following. Do you think that, I mean, and he's in Michigan, which is significant politically. Do you think that this matters and gets any traction with his, you know, fan base? Look, I certainly cannot speak for his fan base. I am not a member of it. I can't, you know, other than Slim Shady, I'm not sure I could recognize a single song. I'm sure that comes, a, that I'm sure that comes a huge shock to you. I come at this from a, a broader uh, freedom of speech aspect, right? And I think we are in the midst of a very broad and complicated freedom of speech debate in this country, whether it's flag, anthem, uh, you know, right-wing white supremacist ecologists, whether it is freedom of speech like we just saw exercised by Eminem, uh, the press, you know, the, the president of the United States threatening the press with taking away licenses from networks that he thinks are against him. There is a very broad freedom of speech going on uh, debate in, in the United States, and I think we have to be so vigilant about it. I come at this also from the, you know, the angle from being a political exile. I fled communism, as I said okay. to you last night. This, I live in Miami. In Miami, will be, you my friend Gloria Stefan's songs, they can't be played in Cuba. It's illegal to play Gloria's songs in Cuba. Willie Chirino, illegal to play his songs in Cuba. Celia Cruz, illegal to play her songs in Cuba. And they're not even profane. They're just talking about freedom. So no, I think it is an aspect of America that makes us great. Freedom of speech. And we have to defend it, whether we like the content or not. Do you think, well, hold on one second, do you think that President Trump is encroaching on freedom of speech? Uh, I don't. I think he's challenging people, which is exactly what tells us we have real freedom of speech in this country. I think Eminem and what he did, flicking off the president, telling people you're either on my team or you're not against this president, you're no longer a part of my group is brilliant marketing by him. He's got an album coming out, but let's look at the source of this. I have no respect for Eminem. This is a guy that talks about how to rape women, how to assault women. This is a guy also politically that I don't put any stock in what he says because he's attacked George Bush when he had an album coming out. He attacked Hillary Clinton when he had an album coming out. He attacks now Donald Trump when he has an album coming out. He's an opportunist that understands that if you go out there and act like this Billy Bad A, and you rap about it, and you give the finger to the President of the United States of America, you're going to get millions of dollars in I think he might be giving the finger to his fans. I think he's giving it to Donald Trump, don't think he has a moral high ground. No, he doesn't have a moral high ground, because the guy literally has made a living. If you listen to his lyrics about wanting to kill people, choking women's vocal cords to the point where they can't speak while raping them, these are his new lyrics. This isn't 10 years ago lyrics. But I think that to Anna's point, but just one more thing about like the president saying that he's going to revoke 
you know, news licenses uh, for the press. You don't yeah. think that that's I, look, I, on freedom I, of speech? I think the president has to be very careful to not go too far in that way. I think it's fine to point out bias or news stories that are inaccurate. Yeah, uh, I make different. a living off of those airwaves, right, as a talk show host, as yeah. a TV commentator. So Sean Hannity, That's, by the way, right, who's dissing the media. Right, but, but, but I have a I, – I don't like it when we start talking about pulling someone's license. That, that's that, too that, far. I, I think that's too far in general. But I, but I also think that it's too far for a rapper to come out and to say that I'm going to give you that finger and that's I'm going to do but this. But a rapper's and, and different the part, than the president. But, it's different than the right, president. But, but when look the president at all the people speaks, that – I mean, even Ellen – He has Ellen, to be more careful. Right, but here's my thing. No, no, no. Even, I mean, even Ellen DeGeneres tweets out, I love Eminem. This is a woman who says that she would never have Trump on her show, but says she loves a rapper whose okay. lyrics talk about raping women. How He's can not we not woman. call that out as being absurd? Well, right? But it's equally absurd for people to support a man who talked about grabbing women and then, you know, get all holy roller when it comes which, which, to a hip-hop rapper. So, you know, it's beyond too far for uh, Donald Trump to threaten to yank licenses because the, he doesn't like the content of what a network is saying. It is authoritarian. It is undemocratic. It is un-American. It is unconstitutional. And we should all be denouncing it strongly because, you see, the big danger here is that we all get numb to the crazy stuff Donald Trump says and think it's not going to end up being anything. But it really may be something. And I do think that it's affecting the national psyche. Look, what, what Eminem said... And like I tell you, I can't even talk about his former lyrics because I don't know anything about his former lyrics. I did hear what he said now. And what he said now, yes, laced with a lot of profanity, is what a lot of people are saying about the wall, about, you know, how dare Donald Trump talk about patriotism when he has been beating up on John McCain, who is a patriot and who is a hero. So a lot of the things that he was voicing are being voiced around kitchen tables, not but, but in I, rap I, I, yeah, and not with profanity, a, think, but yes, the content. And, but, but and, to, and when he it, says when he says to his fans, you know, uh, here's a line in the sand. Let me tell you, that is very symptomatic of America right now. Certainly not in those words, but it's going on in American families. It's going on in American workplaces. There's division. Where there are yeah. lands. And, yeah, but I also think the left has to be very careful to not wrap themselves around, just like Ellen DeGeneres did, for example, a guy who is so disgusting and vile towards women okay. just because but ben, he's anti-Trump. I could turn that exactly well, around. Finish, I could say the right has got to be very careful not to wrap themselves around a guy who is so disgusting and vile that he talked about grabbing women. Again, I denounced that and I said that it was inappropriate when it happened. I never defended Donald Trump when he said that and I said it was absolutely wrong. I'm consistent in what I'm saying here about the standard. But I think what we're also seeing, and it worries me, is that we now are in a culture where it doesn't matter what your resume says, how vile, how disgusting, how, how sick you are, and, and misogynist towards women, that the left will come out and wrap their arms around Eminem and send out tweets saying, I love you, when this is what you're selling. And remember, Ellen DeGeneres, look at this. Ellen, Ellen comes out almost every day, though, and talks comments. about women. But let's, let's look at Ellen here. She says she will not have the president on her show because of what he said. But she will tell all of her audience that she loves but Eminem, which is saying, go buy his yeah. lyrics, you, you, you go buy hold, his album. I think we should hold a I think you hold both to the, the same, same scrutiny. Oh, I don't. I, I certainly don't. I think you hold I, the look, same standard. The, the I, rapper I, I doesn't have the nuclear codes. The rapper is not an example to follow for children. The rapper is not representing uh, me uh, around Ellen, the world. Ellen the rapper, said yes, the rapper is not okay. the president of the United States. Hollywood said he was Let's table this for a second. I can turn the rapper off. I can't uh, turn Donald look, Trump off as president of the United many States. Many people endorsed him, him yesterday. And, and endorsed can't him as some sort of more, of moral leader. That's the problem. Okay. What, because we're approaching the weekend, what's going to happen with the NFL? What do you think?
Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. All right. Keep reading. Always keep reading. I'm still writing. I've got some projects that I'm going to be uh, publishing uh, 2018. So that should be exciting. And uh, yeah, and uh, that's what it's all about. I mean, I love having authors on the show because I want to try to encourage other people out there who want to write to write. It's nothing to it. It's nothing to writing. I've had folks ask me, you know, down through the years, um, what does it take to write? What does it take to write? Just write, period. Just write. You know, I mean, write, but make it fun. I, I always try to make it fun. I do more fiction in the, than I do nonfiction, but I do have some uh, fiction up there. I, I have my life story up there in one of those books. And um, that was fun. That was fun to write. I think everybody has a story to tell individually. Uh, everybody has an autobiography in them or a memoir. Everybody has that in them. I mean, they can, you know, write about write about their lives from a toddler, you know, uh, on up to the adult that they are today. So, I mean, if you want to do this, uh, if you want to write, write. It's fun. It's therapeutic. Uh, it's it's and it's educational, especially when you're doing research for whatever you're writing. Whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, it doesn't matter. I I choose fiction because I think it's a lot more fun. Um, nonfiction is a little bit sometimes too serious. You know, it's not as fun as as fiction is. I mean, I could write about Dracula or a love story or you know. A couple of uh, novels, whatever, and uh, it's fun. It's fun. I, I don't get a lot of readers. I don't get make a lot of money, but uh, it's just fun. I mean, and I tell that to other authors: when you're gonna write, don't think about money. I mean, a lot of people get into writing, think they're gonna get rich, they're gonna get a great big advance, and then all of a sudden they're they're disappointed. The only, the only time you're gonna get a big advance for something that you've written, but it has to be good, uh, is that you're going to have to be someone famous. You've got to be uh, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, or Donald Trump, excuse me, uh, someone out there in the public eye. You know, uh, Stephen King, for instance. I mean, anything he writes with his name on it, it sells, even if it's garbage, it sells because of his name. You have to have some sort of name recognition recognition and you have to let people know that you when you write when you produce your writings that it's going to be something that they are going to love not just like but love but love uh you have to produce something good something great something wonderful and in some cases 
you can uh, write as great as you want to write, but if you don't let someone know that your writing is there, no one's going to pay any attention to it. Nobody's going to go to your website or your Amazon page and just look for your uh, book. It ain't going to happen. You have to let people know that where your book is. It, it, just like any anything you want to try and publicize, you have to let people know where it is. It, for example, whenever whenever a movie is coming out, I mean, you see the stars of that movie promoting that movie all over the internet, all over the TV, the newspapers, the magazines, they're everywhere promoting their movie. Because they know if they didn't promote that movie, nobody would go see it, regardless of who's in it. You know, so the same thing with books. You have to, or anything, same thing with books. If you want somebody to know that you have a book, you better get out there and and tell everybody about it and where they can find it and, and what it's about, you know. Um, because as I've just got through saying, no matter how good a book is, your story is, no matter how good it is or how short it is or whatever, if you don't let someone know that, excuse me, <clears throat> if you don't let someone know that your work is out there and that it should be recognized, then it will not be recognized. That's just simple physics, so to speak. It's not going to be recognized you have to tell people about what you're doing. And there are so many people out here who are afraid to tell people what they've done and what they're doing. I don't know what to say about those people, but if you want to get your word out about what you're doing, you have to advertise. That's why there are so many advertising agencies within America and around the world to help you advertise. And you don't always need to pay somebody to advertise your book, you can do it yourself. Save those dollars, do it yourself. Just like uh, James said earlier into the show, you can, um, if you publish a good book, if you have a great book, um, it can find legs of it of its own. That means that, you know, word of mouth. You know, if you have a good book, you know, people are going to say, hey, wow, they're going to go tell other people and they're going to tell other people and they're going to tell other people, you know. Uh, uh, the people who enjoy that type of uh, uh, genre, you know. So if you're going to have a good book, no matter what it's, what it's about, if it's about uh, trees or something, it, it has to be engrossing, uh, an engrossing story, you know, because 250 million books are published every year. And every one of those books are competing with yours. And this is why I have people on the show, and and I'll ask them. I'll say, um, uh, there's books like yours out there already uh, that's selling. What makes your book so different from that, or what makes your book uh, stand out from those all those other books that are similar? Those that's a good question, and and I think people appreciate that question because it gets them to bragging and talking about your book, that their book is better than the other books out there. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And if you have a book and you want to, uh, <laughs> you have a book and you want to get the word out about it, uh, just, uh, you know, contact the George Wilder Jr. Show and we'll see what we, what can be done. You know, I mean, hey, wow, that's what it's all about. I'm an author, you're an author. Hey, and uh, I support authors. I'm on their side. I know they're on my side. Uh, 
I mean, you'd be surprised at the authors that contact me to review their books. And I don't mind reviewing the book. I mean, if I think it's a good book, a good story, well-written, well-formatted, well-told, and it looks great, I don't mind. I, I'll review a, a book in a minute. I mean, I've done it in the past. I've done a, reviews of books. And my reviews of the books have gotten those books sold, believe me. <laughs> yeah, and and that's great, and that's beautiful, you know. But as I've said before, reviews aren't the only thing that's going to sell a book. I've known some authors who haven't got one review, and their book's been published for four, five, six years, and they haven't got one review. But they have sold a lot of those books, even with one review. A lot of people who buy books they'll tell you they don't know one thing about reviewing a book. They don't know how to review a book, which I think is ridiculous, but it's true. I mean, anybody can go to the to the Amazon website and, and review and just say, I like it, and that's it. Give it four or five stars, and I like it, or one, or one star. Um, it, it's very easy to review a book. I, I think most people just don't take the time to review a book because they just don't give a damn. I've had people contact me, George, that's a great story. That's a great story. That's a beautiful story. That's wonderful. I, you know, and um, they will not give a review, you know, and I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't say anything to them about it because you don't want to pester someone into giving you a review because if you pester someone, they might give you a bad review. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It is 7.20 p.m. Um, Chicago time, Central Standard Time. The Cubs, the the um, Chicago Cubs play tonight, the baseball team. They are in their second round playoffs, and they are down three games to none to the L.A. Dodgers. Three games to none. They have to win tonight or they will be eliminated. And what's even better, if you think about it, they're down three three games to none. That means that they haven't won a game. Dodgers have won three, and it's best. It's the best of seven. So if the Dodgers win tonight, uh, the Cubs are eliminated, and their season is over. Because if the Cubs want to salvage their season. If they want to win this uh, particular um, this thing against the Dodgers tonight, they have to win four games. They have to win four games straight with the Dodgers. And a lot of us think that's going to be impossible. Now, there is a chance that the Cubs may win tonight. Uh, that'll give them uh, a, game, uh, a game up. It'll be three three games to one. They may win tonight. So if they win tonight, that'll prolong uh, the series into tomorrow and maybe next week. But if they lose tonight, their season is over. <laughs> They're done. They won't be back until next uh, April, March of next 2018. So um, we're just going to have to see if they – I mean, if they win tonight, this, it still means nothing hardly, just about, because they have to win four straight, four straight. They have to win tonight, and then they got to win three other times in the future, in the near future. 
So we'll just have to see what that's about. All right. Uh, Donald Trump, gold star dad. Trump offered 25000 and never paid. Of course. Donald Trump, he's always offering a lot of money and never pay anybody. He offered those uh, hurricane victims uh, a million dollars. Uh, I think it was a million or was it 10 million? It was some, somewhere along, the, along those lines, and he never paid. I mean, if you go back in, in time with Donald Trump, uh, contractors, he never paid contractors. So this is just the MO of Donald Trump, offering money giving money, but never actually following through. This is what he does. Ray Moore Foundation, uh, okay, Ray Moore Foundation took $1,000 from Nazi group. Yeah, Ray Moore is running for office in Alabama, and the, and he's tied with the Democrat, okay? Okay, the, the foundation was founded by an avowed white supremacist. And, and <laughs> he's, in other words, they're saying a white supremacist is trying to get in office in Alabama. I don't, why not? I mean, we've got a, we've got a hell of a lot in the White House. Ray Moore, let's see, let's see if we can get a little bit more on this guy. Okay. All righty. Ray Moore Foundation received a 1,000 donation from a Nazi group in 2005. The foundation to defend the First Amendment was founded to avowed white supremacists. Okay. All right. That's all I need to do. Okay. In Washington, in 2005, the foundation run by Judge Roy Moore, he's a judge. Wow. Now the Republican nominee for a Senate seat in Alabama. Okay. He's running for a state Senate seat. Okay. Accepted a 1000 donation, $1,000 donation from a group founded by Willis Carto, a white supremacist. Nazi supporter and World War II vet who famously said he regretted fighting for the U.S. instead of Germany. Now that that ought to give you that ought to give Trump something to talk about somebody disrespecting the U.S. flag. But instead of going after uh, football players, this is this is right up his alley. But y y y do you think Trump is going to say anything? Hell no. He going to say anything. Thing because this this man is white. This man is like just like he is, a, a white supremacist, a racist. And uh, this is this is Donald Trump's mo. Times are tough, but no matter where you live in the United States, if you have five dollars to spare, support Doug Jones. Yeah, the Doug Jones is um is the guy who's running against this white supremacist. So we have to try to keep these hate mongers out of our office. We have to try to keep them out of power because they're going to get in there and they're going to divide the city, the, the city, the state and the United States with their hate and vulgar. So we have to try to um, keep these people out. So we want to vote for the Democrat. You got to keep these people out of office. You really do. And, um, yeah, support. Uh, so if you're in Alabama, make sure you support Doug Jones, not this this racist guy. He's okay. Doug Jones, he's told uh, he totally needs all the support he can get. He does, even though I'm I'm hearing that they are actually tied uh, right now. But um, and Roy Moore is the last thing the U U.S. needs in, in anywhere. You know, so we have to try not to get these thugs. Uh, into office. I mean, 
these guys, they are white supremacists, they are thugs, and they're not ashamed to tell, and they're not ashamed to show it. You know, so uh, we got to throw our support behind Doug Jones uh, uh, to make sure that this Trump supporter, this racist, this white supremacist, this Nazi lover, do not get in office. The uh, contributions to more nonprofits from Cartel's group was found after Huff- Huffington Post reviewed of public tax documents. No other evidence uh, that the nonprofit returned the check. Of course, they didn't return the check. <laughs> Are you crazy? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Thank the caller for calling in and 
telling us how ways to attract money. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of us are interested. Okay, yeah, you can follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Block Talk Radio. All right, I want everybody to have a great evening. Bye-bye, everybody. Tune in tomorrow. Bye.